It's Overexposed, the film photography podcast with me, Sasquatch Mansfield. This week and the weeks to come will be pretty much all people that contributed to BYOF, the zine that I've been working on with Susan Adams and Pochi Funk. Uh, today is Janelle Whitehead, and she she's an Austin-based film photographer that um, does brand stuff and families and she's just a really sweet and kind person so i hope you enjoy this conversation yeah what coffee are you drinking i need to know oh this is um you know a real austin trope it's cuvee oh yeah i know i know wild gift is better i know yeah i'm just kidding it's fine it's fine no wild Wild gift Gift is is, really good it is yeah it is good i uh i used to work with clancy's father um who started wild gift and yeah i remember whenever he was starting it it was uh it's cool i thought it was a dumb name still kind of do i mean there's a lot of really bad choices in coffee (laughs) yeah when i so i don't know if you knew this i worked in coffee for four years um and uh i like i don't know what people know about me especially like especially people that it's like we know each other, but not really, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So anyway, so I worked in coffee for a long time. And um, when I first started working, I worked at a shop called Two Hands. And we were at the domain and I kind of hated the name Two Hands, but like their mission was good and whatever. Yeah. We got a cease and desist letter from Two Hands in Brooklyn. Oh. And they were like, hey, we don't think we'll ever expand to Austin, but just in case we want you to not use this name. And so he changed to the name. He had us all suggest things and people suggested some really good ideas. And he went with upon us, Mm. A-P-A-N-A-S. And so people would come in, they're like, Apanas, Apanas. And I was just like, this is a nightmare. This is horrible. I mean, they closed a a couple of years ago, but I kind of had a panic attack the other day. I was driving down South Congress for the first time in a really long time. Yeah. And Two Hands from Brooklyn has opened up on South Congress. That's amazing. And I swear they got the idea when they sent us the cease and desist. That's... Like they were probably like, oh. oh, you know what? We've never thought about Austin before. We don't have any locations outside of New York. Yeah. Why not now? Yeah. Nice. I kind of want to try it, but also kind of want to be like, I hate you guys. Yeah. Anyway, but it might I ramble good. about. It's probably really good. I've actually heard it's good. Yeah. I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn kind of knows what's up on certain things. On certain things. And coffee is one of them. Mm-hmm. I feel like brunch is probably another and they also serve brunch. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah and it's I, most, also, it's like a restaurant. Also dressing in a way that just makes people feel inadequate. I was going to say feel less than. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really never good moving about to Brooklyn. All my, all my, <laughs> I've never been to Brooklyn either, but I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen pictures. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anybody that's listening in Brooklyn's like, well, it's fine. They're like, I hate you. We won't fine. judge you. <laughs> it's fine, but we're probably Ever. better in Austin. Probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you are in BYOF, and I'm Yay! super stoked yeah. about it. I'm so excited. Yeah, I just cannot believe it, honestly. I think everything I sent in was horribly underexposed and they're all quite grainy. Well, but, you know, <laughs> that's what happens when you're shooting inside. 
<laughs> a little bit it, well and i i feel like it added to like you know we're not gonna reveal the photo but um right. it added so much to it that i mean that's what i love about film is the you know the variety that you can have like you shot uh yeah. delta 3200 mm -hmm. and yeah. just that grain it's unavoidable really yeah like delta has stock. a pretty harsh grain yeah. which i think is kind of fun yeah and you just like embraced it and it was just so i don't know it was really we all it was always a yes all throughout our we, we did like four rounds of curation it was a lot um yeah but uh yeah we were always a yes on yours so yay yeah. so excited yeah so it's blown away honestly <laughs> i i i told my sister that i was coming on this podcast and i was like i was like look i've listened to several of the episodes and i was like these are people who know their stuff and i am just like a i was like i'm basically a wannabe and i'm just not gonna like fit in with any of his guests <laughs> and she was like you mean like every single person in the world struggles with imposter syndrome and i was yeah. like i mean yeah but it's not imposter syndrome and she's like i mean like but it it is have you taken <laughs> a photo just, on film film photographer <laughs> there you go that's true you know like i i yeah you t you texted me that and i was like well i think well one i don't know which ones you listen to but um the one with yan <laughs> is like obviously listened to yan right she's great um right but it just makes everybody like she blows everybody out of the water about depth yeah you know it's just like i don't know how her mind operates but it's very interesting it is impressive yeah uh, when did you when did you start shooting so i mentioned that my dad got me my first camera he got me an ae1 this one. Nice. When I was 13, 14. Oh, that's awesome. So my dad too. Yeah. So technically started shooting when I was like 13 or 14. So that was almost 20 years ago. But you know, like my dad and I would go out and we both really like things that move. So we'd go and shoot like trains and cars, very, 90s yeah. like black and white and then i would take them into paint and up the contrast like crazy my dad paint. still has this photo yeah i mean because so i was good. i was 15 you know yeah, <laughs> just right. like and my dad still has this photo so my dad's the study in my parents house is like planes trains and automobiles themed so oh, there's cool. like little toy planes hanging from the ceiling yeah and like bikes on the wall like it's just it's really fun but my dad has this photo that I took at Pike's Peak and it's it was on film but then I took it into some editing poor editing software and like just went to town with it but it's just the back of a train like the train that takes you up Pike's Peak uh -huh. and I thought it was the coolest thing ever and he printed it out and got it framed and it's terrible like the photo is awful and i look at it because it's also next to he has this like what 12 by 8 by 12 or some some larger size print of a shot i took on film a couple years ago in barcelona where it's like buildings that are obviously standing still 
and then sure. three motorcycles going through the scene yeah. and it's also in black and white and it's it's honestly it's one of my favorite photos that i've taken yeah. but it's such a funny contrast between this like 15 year old like what's gonna be cool and edgy right versus like 30 year old Janelle going, oh, hey, look, I just like that these motorcycles are driving through the intersection. <laughs> so yeah, I've technically been shooting for a long time, but I I took a lot of years off because, um, and I, it, it was either Darcy, but I think it was Yan that said something about like, doesn't, I think it had to have been Yan. I think she said she doesn't like doing things unless she's good at it. Mm. And I, I'm very much the same way. And so in college, I kind of hit this spot where like, I wasn't the best at photography yeah. and I wasn't an art major. And so I just kind of stopped. Like I was like, I don't really want to do this if I'm not going to be in an art show somewhere. Uh. And so I stopped shooting for a really, really long time and just had thousands of images on my computer from like a crappy old Canon Rebel that I like took and then just never, I mean, they're literally just sitting on a hard drive somewhere Yeah. because I just didn't even bother to like look through them. And so it really wasn't until the past, I want to say two years that I really got back into shooting nice. specifically shooting film. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. been, it's been a process and I just switched away from that AE one because it has, I mean, it has light leaks galore, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, I've never had it serviced. It still functions, sure. but it, there's dust all in it. Yeah. So I just got a Nikon F100. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like in June. Nice. So still kind of learning how to function with an autofocus. Yeah. Can't film camera. It's so weird to me, but it, it is weird to me as well. I like um, my Pentax 645 has um autofocus. Yeah, I think I've never used it. I just don't, right. I don't. I like, I've want, never seen just, a medium format that has autofocus. Yeah, um, yeah, Pentax does. I think Mamiya also does, but I don't know. Mine don't doesn't. Know oh, okay. I have the Mamiya six four five Pro. Okay. And it doesn't have autofocus. At oh. least not that I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, why? Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're yeah. shooting medium format, like just take the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know like just yeah yeah i mean i know i know a lot of family photographers that they swear by it. like it's like you know yeah. forgetting kids and things like that like yeah and that's that's why i keep pointing over here because it's my camera bags oh. right there oh, okay um but i that's why i got the nikon yeah. because i shoot families i mean yeah. that's i don't shoot fine art for the most part yeah um and so i'm shooting families so having Having something that can keep up with a 18 month old is really oh. helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm just going back to your dad's thing. I, <laughs> I really like the ha him having that because it, it's more like a progression. Mm -hmm. Like it'd be, it's it's just a cool like you know there was this, but now you know there was she, got, this. she came to our senses. <laughs> <laughs> she figured out. I'll I'll see if my dad can send me a photo of it and, and I'll, I'll message it to you because it's pretty funny. I love it. That sounds good. Yeah, I um, I also uh, Canon A one. They're good. They're great. They're they're they, workhorse cameras. They go forever. Um, yeah. 
yeah and it's just a i haven't shot mine in a long time it's kind of worse for the wear yeah so but it's what it is yeah. uh but yeah yeah i I, I resonate with that. Like, I, I don't really like doing things that I'm not good at. Um, but I preach plenty. We're not all going to be good at the things that we right. start. But right. I don't really listen to my own words. I just, <laughs> I just am really competitive. And so I want to be the best at something. I, like, mm. want to beat other people. Which is funny because I'm also, I don't know if you know Enneagrams, but being at the Stone, you probably do. Um, I'm an Enneagram 2, which means that I just want everyone to be happy and feel loved and welcomed. Yeah. And so pitting that against my very competitive nature, it, it's like a constant inner battle where I'm like, but I want to be the best, but also I want to make this person feel good about themselves. How do I, how do yeah. I do that? That's do I do that? <laughs> You did, you really tried, but I just did you better. Really, so great. I'm so sorry that you didn't win this competition, but I just, I just am really good at yeah. whatever it was that I was doing. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I'll make you cookies. Yeah, there you go. That, that's helpful. Everybody likes cookies. Cookies makes yeah. everybody happy. Mostly. When. When I was applying for jobs, I literally went around and brought my resume to different places. This was a few years ago, and I brought cookies with all of them. And I was just like, I am the best for the job, but if I'm not, I brought cookies. Yeah. So clearly, clearly I'm a <laughs> go getter. <laughs> clearly, I am fit for this role. <laughs> you know, you need a director of development, and I can develop cookies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I directed that batter. I directed in, that better into the know? oven and made it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think that um I think that's a really tricky thing. I I mean, you know, personalities in general are very um complex situations. Yeah. Um like I'm I'm a 7 and so I want everybody to have a great time. Yes. But if I'm not having a good time, I want everybody, because I'm a wing eight, so I'm not having a good time. Wow. Everybody can eat it. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I'm a kind person, so I'm not like, but like that's deep that. down right. in there. Is like, right. Yeah, but this sucks for me, so. <laughs> You're like, so I'm just going to tell everybody how much it sucks, and maybe they will all agree. Come to, come to the thing that I'm doing. It's way more fun. <laughs> come to my pity party. It yeah. is really, really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, so um my wife and I met you years ago. Uh, yeah. Molly Molly was doing um what was it? The, the fair market. Fair market. It's like a a fair trade. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to describe it for people that you right. know, don't know. Uh, right, that we're not there. It's just good <laughs> like every it's all ethical things. Um and you know, my wife is there cuz her paintings are ethically made. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 like local and sustainable art versus yeah. like buying off of amazon for sure yeah that's that's a good point and and um remind me what you were because i i have a big memory of what you were doing i was there i believe so one thing i really enjoy doing is like pop-up shows for friends companies but cool. i'm 
I most likely was there with Person Clutch. Person Clutch is a fair yes. trade or an ethical purse line, obviously, Person Clutch. They do leather and woven bags from Ethiopia and Mexico. Nice. Yeah. So I was there selling for them. And I'd, I'd been at that point, I think I'd been with Jen for probably about five years. Jen is the owner. She's fantastic. Just in kind of a numerous variety of roles, yeah. sometimes selling, sometimes uh, wordsmithing, like the copy for the, for like describing the bags and, and trying to get people excited about them. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes as, well, mostly as photographer. So I do all their brand photos. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where we met. And I, I remember um, being, you were talking about how you were either on the track or had already, your entire wardrobe was ethical. Yes. Like, yeah. And I love that so much. <laughs> yes. And I, and I try to do that for Kennedy, my daughter too. Awesome. Um, so we buy a lot of secondhand. There's actually a store here in Austin, shameless plug for Sparkle Kids. Okay. If they... They're great. If anyone is in Austin, I'm obsessed with them. Um, yeah, I had watched a movie. No, I don't even think I'd watched a movie. Maybe I'd read a book. I honestly don't even remember what kicked off this like desire to to do everything ethically. But when but when I moved to Austin, I you know I mentioned that I have severe imposter syndrome, and that that boy <laughs> that plays out in my wardrobe too. Hmm. Um, when I was in Dallas like we we lived in Dallas before we moved here and I I hate stripes I'm gonna be real I hate stripes on me on other people they're beautiful but I everyone in Dallas was wearing like these thick J Crew style stripes yeah and my wardrobe became all stripes because I just wanted to fit in so badly yeah that I was like I need to like wear these things that like fit this person but then when I was in Oklahoma before Dallas, I was super hippie. Yeah. And, um, but like kind of it, my clothes never made sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna, my clothes never made sense. And then, and so when I got to Austin, um, I did this like purge of all of my clothes because I was tired of like, I think someone had said to me like, you're just so fun to like see every day because I never know which Janelle I'm going to get. Oh. And she meant that as a, as a compliment. Like, right. I love that you have all these different styles that you cycle through. Yeah. And I like almost started crying because I was like, I don't want that to be who I am. I really felt like when she said that, I realized that I kind of was just hiding behind these masks mm. of like clothes of just trying to fit in and be whoever they wanted me to be and you know like moved to Austin and I bought hipster stuff that I sure. didn't really fit and so I went home and pulled everything out of my closet and laid them on like literally everything out of my closet and drawers laid it on my bed and like started cycling through it and going would I wear this right this second huh. and if it was a yes it went back in the closet and if it was a no it went in a pile and like I got rid of <laughs> I got rid of like 80% of my wardrobe. That's awesome. In one night. And I sold it on Instagram. Yeah. Made Whoa. 600 bucks. Interesting. Like it was amazing. And turned around and used that money to buy staple pieces from all these ethical brands because I just kind of started getting into the world of ethical fashion and like 
following brands on Instagram that were cool. Yeah. You know, and so I just bought a bunch of pieces from various like packed, which is just super basics and Everlane and, you know, just kind of started building out my staples wardrobe. And then when I started doing that, I found so many others that I was like, this is, this feels like me and secondhand shopping. Like I'm not wealthy. I'm married to a pastor and I was (laughs) working for nonprofits at the time. And I was just like, I don't have money to go buy these $200 like t-shirts just because they're ethically made. And so if I can buy a cute Mm. t-shirt secondhand, I'll do that. And so, yeah, I just really started like, and I, I'm just rambling now because I really love ethical fashion. Like this is ethical fashion. I, I ended up like doing seminars on it and really talking to like high school groups about it, which is really hard when they're in high school because they're still growing. So it's like, I don't want you to buy an investment piece. I want you to learn how to shop at at Goodwill. Like, um, and so, yeah, I just got really into and still am like the ways that people can shop ethically based on their budget and their lifestyle. You know, Kennedy, I'm not going to buy her. Like there are fantastic ethical brands for babies, but I'm not going to buy her a $120 sweater when I could buy a secondhand $10 sweater instead and then, or get hand-me-downs from friends, you know, and, and build a cute wardrobe that way. Yeah. Because buying these expensive investment pieces just isn't realistic for everybody. Right. And it's not a great choice for everyone. So yeah. So I just kind of started building out my wardrobe and like finding pieces that actually resonated with me and being like, I like, I mean, I've had this dress for six years and I got it at a vintage store and like, I will wear it every chance that I can. Like as soon as it gets even remotely chilly, I'm like, this dress is me. I feel this in my bones. (laughs) So it's just, it's just been really fun. Like and since I'm buying a lot less, I, I can't afford every now and then a really nice piece because I'm not buying 200 pieces throughout the year. You sure. know, I'm buying five. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's been a really great, like, and really difficult journey. Cause I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like people will tell me, Oh, I got this at target. And I'm just like, that is so cute. And I want it. And right. can I justify buying that? No, I really can't like, yeah. um, and, and that's not to like, that's not to judge anyone who's yeah, listening to this shade. Yeah. because I think it's really important. Jen and I from person clutch, we've had this conversation where it's like, it's really important to know that like, I mean, there's times that I can't buy things ethically for Kennedy. Sure. You know, like that's just not going to be possible. My phone, I have an iPhone that's not right. ethically made. No, it's not. But it's, it's choices that you make here and there and go, can I buy this sustainably? And if so, do I have the funds? And if not, can I hold off on buying it? Yeah. And if the answer to both of those is no, then like get whatever you need to get. Just sure. like make small swaps here and there. And yeah. you're, you're already making a huge impact on the life of a woman who makes 10 cents per pair of pants that she makes, For you know, sure. because I think what's important. And I, I just like, sorry, I really go off on like so many things with this. It is. Okay. I, that, that's like why I brought so it up. I knew you'd have something to say about it. Gosh. The thing with ethical fashion is there's so many different bullet points that you could like, you could spend an hour talking about one element Mm. of, of ethical fashion. Um, but, but I, the, the argument that I get a lot coming back from it is like, 
well, if I don't buy from Gap or mm -hmm. I don't know, we won't say, you know, like if I don't buy from this brand right. that maybe isn't ethically sourced, then all of those women are going to go out of business right. or like none of those people are going to have jobs. Right. But the thing is like, we know that that's not how companies function because we've seen it in the past when consumers demand something, right. they're not going to say, oh, you know what? That's not our model. So we're just going to go under. They're going to say, okay, yeah. well then I guess we'll, we'll meet your needs and charge more. Right. And like, or, you know, we will pay our people more and, you know, it's just, yeah. so this, this idea that like, oh, if, if all of us stop buying from XYZ company, A, not everyone's going to stop buying from them. That's no. not realistic, but like, yeah, it's, it's not, they're not just going to shutter their doors and be like, well, guess we couldn't cut it. Like, right. No, yeah, they're just going to figure out a way to make it work. We've seen it time and time again with companies that, whether it's, you know, Madewell started a fair trade line within mm -hmm. their company. Right. And so I think that's fantastic. Is it, is it all the way where they need to be? No, but they heard the cries of people and said, you know what? Like, yeah. And even if it's, even if it is, like a decision just to what's the word that I'm looking for pacify a group of their clients sure, right customers yeah. that's fine with me that's I really right. don't care if in the end their big wigs are like oh you know what I really do care about fair trade now right. I I really don't care what your motivation is if it right. is making more money that's totally fine yeah but if it also means that people are getting paid a fair wage and living in conditions that are not so disastrous, yeah, I will take whatever your weird motivations are like, yeah, yeah. or not weird. Making because, money is not weird <laughs> because, because as good is happening. So it doesn't you like, even if your intentions yes. are, yes. you know, maybe somewhat like gross, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll use that word. <laughs> or like greedy or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, I mean, business people are business people. They, they take advantage of like different kinds of markets and you have yeah. to pay attention. Right. Um, yeah. but if, if good is happening, that's okay. Yes. It's actually way better <laughs> yeah. than what's happening currently. Yeah. yeah. And, and I will say like, just to caveat the, like, if good is happening, there are some companies that I've seen. Well, for one, there's a lot of I, I will say like, I am a small sized person. And so finding clothes in the ethical fashion world or the vintage world that fit me is very, very easy. Sure. So ethical companies do need to step up and realize that mm. the average woman is not a size medium. Sure. Um, and that medium is a false label. Um, <laughs> really, when it comes down to it, like that's not medium anymore, you know, like, like yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I also, I also say the word like a whole lot. Um, but I, I am a product of my generation. Yeah, we man. say like, um, but so like, I would love to see ethical companies that I love and care for figure out the fact that they need to be making larger sizes. Yeah. Like that's kind of absurd that they're not at this point, but also there are companies that are under the guise of a ethical or good company that the good that they're doing and i i don't really want to say names but like there are ways that you can be toxic in your search for ethicality hmm. um 
having models that pull business. I'm trying to figure out how to like word this. Having models of of I just, business that I doubt they're going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> that's true. So Tom's, I'm okay. just going to go there. Yeah, I like, don't. Tom's, last time I checked, model, Tom it's is not, not listening. So. <laughs> it's not just them it's the it's the model of like Mm. buy one give one yeah for sure that became really popular a few years ago and it's very toxic because you you can't expect a come i mean a community to survive and find sustainable income if you are taking business away from whoever it is that makes that so if you're making shoes Mm. if there's a shoemaker in the in the community and instead of paying that person to make shoes, right, you just give them you are bringing shoes in, then you've effectively put all of those shoemakers out of business. Mm. And so you need to really be willing to listen to people and say, is my model actually doing good? Or am I just thinking that I'm doing good? Am I listening to the community's needs and saying, we don't need you to bring in toothbrushes. We need you to pay the people here that make them. Yeah. Um, oh, and so, you know, there's, yeah, there's some really good books about it. Um, just like about the idea of like, it's not enough to just say that you're doing good. Because right. I remember when I was kind of like pushing back against that model for a while, I would get a lot of people that would come to me and say, well, at least they're doing something. Mm-hmm. Like what they're doing is hurting. And so we can't actually say that they're, they're helping anything just right. by throwing an idea at the problem without listening to the needs of the community. So that's huge. I know that has literally nothing to do with photography, No, but it, it gets me very like, no, have you listened to this podcast? We talk about like yes. film for like two minutes and then it's like, well, let's that's move true. on to something else. How much can we talk yeah. about this? Uh, <laughs> no. And like, I mean, this podcast is more about, uh, humans than it is about yeah photography really but which is what's so great <laughs> yeah well and I also think I think that people that are shooting film tend to be a little bit more intentional in other areas of their life as well yeah because it is yeah. like film is an intentional choice like a $300 lab bill versus <laughs> just buying a digital camera Gosh. you know you know you could just buy a digital camera but I refuse. I'm going to pay money to my beloved lab. So much better. It's just, (laughs) I have struggled so hard to find, to get any of my digital work to look even remotely acceptable compared to what I like about the film pieces that I've taken. Yeah. Yeah. It's too sterile. I think that's. It's very sterile. It's very, the, the amazing sensors that these new, Sony's and Canon's have are fantastic, but sometimes they're just a little too crisp, and mm-hmm. I would rather lose a little detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but the detail beautiful... that you lose, the detail you lose with a sensor is very different. It's like weird. It, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah, but but you know, back to so right, right, right. There's an intentional thing that you're doing, right, of shooting film. Every single person that I've had on has a, other things in their life that are intentional that are a little off from most people. And so I think, I think it just, 
it breeds a certain kind of person and brings brings a community of people that are more intentional in other areas of their life whether it be ethical clothing which is like you know something that i love so much i wish that my wardrobe was ethically sourced i have levi jeans it's really hard to buy jeans for a 6'4 man yeah travis is also 6'4 and has that same problem Finding, I mean, finding men's, men's clothes ethically made is way harder. Yeah. Way harder. Well, there's, if anybody's listening and wants to start an ethical gene company, I'll buy some. Uh, Or. There are some. There, but. I'm not going to, I'm not going to drop $600 on a pair of jeans. Yeah. 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 That's the Uh, thing. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Especially, so I found there's a company that I love for jeans called Imogene and Willie. Okay. Um, and they're, they're out of Nashville. They're fantastic. And their jeans are beautiful. They originally were just, I'm pretty sure they were originally just men's, but yeah, they're $400 for a pair of jeans, but yeah, which is more than my, what I make in a month, you know, not really, but basically. (laughs) Um, and so, um, oh, I found some on Poshmark that were like gently used and like a hundred dollars. And I was like, bye, 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 bye. <laughs> what is, what is Poshmark? Oh my gosh. Poshmark is life-changing. It is a, it is essentially a secondhand store, but online. Oh. So it's an, it's an app or a website. Um, mm-hmm. I use the app and sellers will just load all of their stuff on it. And you have to really search you have to know what you're going for. Like you, I will only get on Poshmark if I'm looking for a specific brand or a specific item Okay. because there's just, I mean, there's millions upon millions of things to search through. Um, but you can also follow specific people's closets. Oh. And so if I know that there's someone on Instagram who I really like her clothes and I know she has a Poshmark closet, then I'll just follow her closet because hopefully sometimes oh. she'll sell one of these pieces that I like. Man, um, whole, there's a whole world that I don't know about. It is insanity. I like, I buy a lot of Kennedy's clothes on there. Well, not a lot. I buy way more from Sparkle Kids, but um, the only downside is that shipping is, is like a flat $8, uh-huh. which really isn't bad. But when you're getting a, a kid's t-shirt for five bucks, yeah, and then you, you don't really want to pay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't want to pay seven ninety five for shipping for a five dollar t shirt. Yeah. So I end up just sitting on a lot of things that I never end up buying. Sure. But it's it's a great, it's really fun. I sell a lot of my clothes on there. Huh. Now that I've I've mostly moved away from Instagram sales, but sometimes yeah. those are just easier. Honestly, so, I've never bought anything off of Instagram. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, yeah. Well, you just I just post them in stories. Like I will go through my closet. I go through my closet about every season Uh and, um, you know, we're at the point now where I'm really happy with my wardrobe. And so I don't sell near as much as I do. Obviously I did like after Kennedy was born because I had all these random maternity clothes and things like that. But, um, I'll go through and then I'll just be like, Hey, who wants to do an Instagram sale tomorrow? And then I'll just literally list them in the stories and be like, DM me if you want to buy it. sometimes I make five dollars sometimes I don't and that's fine anything that doesn't oh 
six months. Did I, I lost, lose you? I lost audio on you. But I, I hear you now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So if things don't sell, they end up sitting in a corner in my house for six months before I decide to take them to Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm very bad at letting go of things. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's memories attached yeah. to them, right? Yeah. Um, do, do you feel like, okay, so here comes a question. Uh, in the last five years, um, is do you feel like that is the thing? Like ethical is the thing that's like, so the question would be, <laughs> let me just, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> instead of trying to shoehorn something. And in the last five years, do you have like a habit or belief or change in behavior that's affected your life, improved your life for the better, obviously? I, that is, that's definitely one of the things. And I think the other thing, and I think a lot of people would say this, but like for me, um, getting into a consistent workout routine yeah. has been like life changing and yes. not just for like the ability to like lift more weight or something, but sure. because I, because I mentioned earlier that I'm very, very competitive. Yeah. And so having, I'm in like a group fitness, I'm in camp gladiator. Uh -huh. yeah. And so, um, having a group fitness class that is a little bit more competitive, yeah, it gives me an outlet to like get energy out and to have fill that competitive nature and be the best at something that I can quantify yeah. because like I can put up a piece of art that I think is really beautiful, but art is so subjective mm -hmm. that I can't look at it and go, that's the best thing in the room. Mm. Whereas like if I am sprinting mm -hmm. and I beat everyone else that is sprinting, sprinting. I can say I did the best. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, like, it's really given me a, an outlet to not like take it out on other things yeah. and, and not feel, not that I don't still struggle with scrolling through Instagram going like, oh, my art is terrible and I'm never going to be a good family photographer. Like, but it does help me remember that there are things that I am talented at and remember that there are things that just have help me have fun. Right. Um, because weirdly, I love burpees. So mm -hmm. you let me do 50 burpees and I'm like, I feel so good right now. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, that's that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about CrossFit when I did it was like yeah. the competitive nature of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like messed up my back doing it. But yeah. CrossFit is I had so you. much fun. <laughs> um, yep. And I don't do it anymore. But yeah, the, like the I pushed myself harder than I'd ever pushed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause there was, there were like, you know, guys that played football and they're, you know, just kind of yoked and mm -hmm. used to doing this thing. And I was like, a right. Played basketball sometimes Gosh. in high school. I'm, and I'm so bad at sports. Like I'm very bad. I played, oh gosh, I played volleyball in middle school but I'm still really bad at it. I have no hand-eye coordination, which is hysterical because I was a dancer. Uh -huh. I have foot-eye coordination, <laughs> but I cannot, like, you asked me to catch a ball and I'm like, where'd it go? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's over there. But I, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you mentioned dancing. Oh, oh. oh go ahead. No, you're fine. I, um, I was just like, when I first started CG, I was terrified because I saw all these people who were like former 
track athletes or right. former basketball, volleyball, whatever players. And I was just like, I'm going to be so bad at this. Uh-huh. But I, I was in the middle of a really depression and anxiety has been a theme through my entire life. Yeah. And so as it is for a lot of people, but pretty severe. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, I need something. Like I've mm-hmm. got to have something to kind of get out of my head for an hour and so joining cg and having a built-in community was just like people who people who were all competitive but also very supportive and so they're like oh my gosh you went from lifting five pound weights to lifting 15 pound weights in six months and that is amazing you know and we're all just like i can't believe you're doing this like you're so great and it's just this like such a really fun blend of like community and energy and competitive and just like all the things that I didn't I was always I mean because part of why I can't do sports is because if I'm better than other people on the team I'm like oh you're bringing us down but and that's not something I would ever say to them sure obviously but you just think it right I just think it but then I do the same to myself right like when I was in volleyball in middle school we lost every single game i'm not even joking every single game we played and i would come back and be like it's because of me yeah it's because everyone else on the team is great and i am terrible it's like that's a lot of weight (laughs) it's a lot of weight so having something that's very individual but doing it in a group setting was just like life literally life-changing for me (laughs) that's amazing Yeah, yeah i i think people really undervalue moving your body like yeah we especially like you know, I sit behind a desk a lot, um, or at a counter, kitchen table. Lots, lots of Where? sitting going on. Lots of places, yeah. Yeah, I have plenty of places to sit in my house, and uh, I sit <laughs> a lot. Um, and that was like, I my previous jobs were always very active. I'm always like moving and doing things, yeah. and like my body started like breaking down. I was like, I would wake up, I didn't do anything yesterday except sit on a computer, <laughs> and I'm like, why does my shoulder hurt? Like yep. I used to lift like 200 pounds, like just for work. I was like, how is this? Why, what's happening? So yeah, getting back into it, that's, that's good. I think, I think people really, even if it is just like a simple yoga or meditation or just something to like right. move and flow, it just, it changes your, your mind and body are so connected. Yeah. And um yeah, you felt like it helped with depression and, and anxiety and things like that. Absolutely. I think part of it is just like I thrive on community. I'm a 100% mm. extrovert. And so having a built-in community that I knew that every Tuesday, Thursday, I was going to see these people. Yeah. Um, and so because, you know, at the time I was working in a coffee shop. When I started, I was working at the coffee shop and like we had really fantastic regulars, but my team was I was managing a group of seven guys yeah and so it wasn't like I was going to come in and like you know chit chat about makeup with them or something like I didn't really get that same connection that I did with people that I was like working out with Mm. because they were I don't know there was just something different about like also I wasn't their boss like (laughs) I'm not coming in telling you that you need to do xyz before you can leave right so you're gonna like kind of care about me in a different way so right. yeah that that helped a lot I I just desperately needed community and desperately mm. needed somewhere to like pour 
frustration yeah. and being able to do a hundred jumping jacks and then sprint around a track was like really helpful for just kind of forgetting whatever frustration yeah. had like happened earlier in the week. So yeah. 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 What, what I felt whenever I was doing CrossFit was like, cause I would, I would go really early at like five thirty yeah. class. Oh I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I could either. And then, um, but whenever you're doing something so difficult, yeah. first thing, then the rest of the day is like, Oh, well, I already did this thing. That was like <laughs> yeah. impossible. I thought, but I, I crushed it. I'm like, crushed what, it. what is this? You have a problem? Okay. Like it's not that big. We're good. Everything's fine. fine. (laughs) Well, and I think also about community, um, I was telling Molly recently, I've had like frustrations with community and not, not, you know, I want to be a part, I'm also extreme extrovert. And so I want to be a part of things and have community and all this stuff. But I realized that I was putting so much on other people to show up in Mm -hmm. this community instead of like, you have to show up. And you have to do things that you're, you're, you're the regular. If you, if you really, really want community, you have to be the one that's like the constant. Yeah. Because, right. yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I would like try to get this thing started in some sort of form of community. And then it would just like kind of deteriorate and get, oh. but Always. yeah, but you know, it's like, you have to show up and show up and show up and like just deal with the frustration. And so like, and that's, that's with working out, like at least working out is a discipline in itself and showing up is part of that community. And so it's just yeah. like, it's a perfect blend for, yeah, it's really it, cool. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think I had gotten so frustrated when we moved to Austin, I, you know, we, we moved for the church and um, because Travis was joining staff and like, I was several years younger than most of the staff wives, Mm. but most people my age were single Mm. and kind of viewed me in a different level because I was, I was married to a staff person. And so building community when we got here was almost impossible. Mm. And, you know, we got thrown into, I got thrown into several leadership positions, despite the fact that I was 24 and (laughs) didn't know a thing that I was doing. I was just like, I don't know what I'm, I'm, I, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so finding any sort of community that I didn't feel like people were expecting answers of me mm. was almost, I mean, it was just like so frustrating and I would just come home and cry. Cause I was like, I just need someone who's not coming to me because they either, here were the two options I got. Either they had a biblical question that I couldn't answer uh-huh. or they wanted me to join their plexus team. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to do either of those things. <laughs> I just, because like, they people will meet me and they're like, she's very enthusiastic about things. Uh-huh. I think she would be a great salesperson. <laughs> and so I ended up having like three or four coffee meetings where I thought we were getting together because they wanted to be my oh friend. My gosh. And I'd get there and they're like, so I have a really great opportunity for you. And I'm like, not again. Yeah. I'm just... I'm gone. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I hate triangles now. Thank you. <laughs> I, hate, <yeah. laughs> I hate triangles. Yes. So, you know, CG was so nice because I didn't have any leadership thrust on me yeah. and I didn't have 
MLMs thrust on me. Not that there's anything wrong with MLMs. If you sell MLMs and you're listening to this, I there are some that I really love, but I don't want to join your team. Well, that's where we disagree. <laughs> I'll take a hard stance on that. That's just, fine. Just start your own thing. Just start your own thing. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, I don't know. Now, now I'm backpedaling because now I'm thinking about people that I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. Um, it, do you do you have like a weird habit or an absurd thing that you love? Gosh. Okay. I saw this on the questions and yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm so basic when it comes to things that I love. I'm like, I don't know. I like the bachelorette, but so does 75% of the female population. Okay. I, you know, I mean, it's um, weird to me, but I'm not a woman. There so. you go. But I texted my sister and my husband. That's helpful. Well, I didn't text him. I asked him. Okay. And, um, <laughs> My it's, sister it's said, nice that you, you guys are on that level <laughs> past the texting phase. <laughs> my sister said that I laugh with my shoulders, which I don't think is really a habit. It's just a quirk. I guess I, I don't know. Okay. And then my husband said, and this is true. He said, anytime you meet someone, this is like a nervous habit. He said, anytime you see someone for the first time in a while, you shake your shoulders. Like I do this weird, like I'm like, hello. Oh. <laughs> I was like. I do do that. I don't. And so my sister, I told my sister, I was like, Travis just mentioned my shoulders too. And she's like, we are going to give you years of anxiety about things that you do while you're just trying to fill a 30 second question. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, you know, I, so apparently I shimmy my shoulders. I don't know. Here's what I have to say about this. Um, surprisingly, <laughs> I have something to say about it. Um, <laughs> Our, our communication with other people is 80% nonverbal. And so True. what you're doing, you're laughing with your shoulders. You're, you're like telling them that like, this is good. Like I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm, you know, and then like the, the, like, hello, hello. that's just like, <laughs> one, I'm so sad that people won't be able to see that <laughs> one. It's cute. It's really cute and endearing. <laughs> Um, but then also you're, you're showing your excitement instead of like, I can, I can be a little bit more stoic when I'm just like, so, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that you're an introvert, extrovert and, and probably a two, you want people to know that like, you're excited to see them. Yeah. Like it is, a, all of these things are a good thing. So don't, don't have anxiety about it. I'm a very tactile person. Yeah. So I like if I if I mean I can't touch people really right now, but it's like I want to Hard. touch things or or like I you know like I yeah, I just I like feeling things or shaking things or moving things. I just yeah. I have to constantly be moving or I feel really weird. So I think that plays into it of just like if I don't do this, I'm just going to say hi and they're just going to be like, "Okay, hi." Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> So excited! Hi, good to see you. <laughs> and then they'll mirror you. And then they'll mirror and yeah. just need everyone's energy level to be up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Please. laughs> Otherwise, I will die. Other than that, like I really don't know. I yeah. mean, I like pe I like almond butter on sweet potatoes. I don't, I don't know. That's that's pretty weird. I've never Isn't heard. It, I've never heard anybody oh. do that. I started doing that before runs. And it's fantastic. It Only is a, if you're ever going potatoes. on a run, cooked, a long run. Cooked sweet potato. Cooked sweet potato. Yeah. I'm not a heathen. I, Come hey, on. 
<laughs> just asking the question. Don't kill the messenger here. <laughs> Cooked sweet potatoes. I also, I also, now that I'm thinking about it, I have like weird things that I do really enjoy. I also really enjoy working out in a dress. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so just, I do just this thing. for like the freedom of it? Like yeah. Non, non-constricting? I, I wish no. I wish it was a little bit more appropriate for men to wear dresses. Right. A little. You know, bit honestly, I think you could totally pull off a dress. Thank you. You know, like just a good maxi dress, you'll be good to go. I um, yeah, I do this thing every year. Yeah. Maxine I do this Easter. thing every year. <laughs> Maxine Easter. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was trying to think, play, do like a play on just like Max, like the name, but I'm. I got nothing. I'm not very punny. That's my family okay. is very punny and i'm always the one that's like wait wait for me yeah. um what, what what did you say <laughs> what, what? The, I, don't what? I don't understand it. it it's yeah my sister and my mom got all the wit in my family and i'm just like oh that was really good five minutes later yeah um <laughs> i uh so i do this thing every year it relates to ethical fashion called dress ember okay. and it's like um so the whole month of dress of December, I wear a dress every single day oh, I love and it. I'm raising money for, um, anti-slavery efforts. Very cool. And so, um, it was started several years ago. This will be my sixth year to do it. And, um, one of like a few years ago when I was doing it, I was like, well, I mean, now that I'm working out a lot, like, what am I going to do when I work out? And you don't, they don't require you to wear a dress all when, you know, it's there's right. They're like, if there's things that you need to not wear a dress, like whatever. But I went to Goodwill and I found this like old REI dress uh-huh. and I was like, this will be fun. I'll just wear it with leggings underneath and going to the gym at the time I was like working out at Gold's and um, <laughs> going to the gym in a dress. Like I felt so cool. Yeah. Like I felt like so powerful. Just yeah. like, yeah, I can lift this in a dress. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing with your life? And so um, <laughs> the next year I had started CG at that point. And the next year I was like, Hey, if I hit my goal, I was training for a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I hit my goal, because I was already working out in dresses, so, um, I think I had set my goal at like $2,500 for the, for the month. Yeah. And I said, if I hit it by January 1st, then I will run my half marathon in a dress. And I hit it. So I had to wear a dress for the half marathon. And dude, like I've never felt more cool and powerful in my life. Like I just felt like such a, like a boss lady. I was just like, what up? But then the downside of that was that anytime I would run past someone, like there were several points, I sprained my ankle at one point Uh and I wanted to stop. It was right before, I don't know if you'd ever done that Austin half marathon, but you go up the hill at Lamar and Enfield uh-huh. And it's like, I mean, it's like straight up. Yeah, it is. Really, it's really high. Gosh, it's insane. And I knew it was coming, but I sprained my ankle a few miles before that. And I was like, this is going to be horrible. So I was like, I'll just stop and walk for a little bit. Like this is my first half. I'm totally fine stopping and walking. But yeah. literally every time I would be like about to stop, someone would point out my dress. They'd be like, that girl's running in a dress. And then I'm like, well, now people are looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stop. So that, that did kick me in the butt. But now I really enjoy like wearing a dress to work out. Yeah. I think it's so That's cool. 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 And if there's anyone out there listening and is like, I'm going to try that, you should do it. Yeah, Go get you... a cheap dress, a sundress from Goodwill or an REI dress or whatever. I think Outdoor Voices even makes dresses now specifically awesome. for working out. Crazy. It's probably because of me. Yeah, it's probably because you, I mean, you should yeah, start a hashtag totally. for sure about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 
can't think of anything real witty. You might have to ask your mom. Um, <laughs> go but... ask your mom. <laughs> go ask your yeah. mom for that wit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, that's interesting. I have I have worn a dress, and it is um, very um, freeing. Yes. Yeah. They're great. I wear yes. dresses all the time. Yeah. It's more socially acceptable for you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you can just do dress Ember this year. It's coming up in a couple That's, weeks. That's a great idea. And just be like, whatever, I'm wearing a dress every yeah. day of December. Deal with and it. It's, it's going to be awesome. It's about slavery. About trafficking. Yeah. yeah. I like this. So I think it's a, I think it's a great option for you. If you invest. need any dresses, my closet is full of them. They might be a little short on you. Yeah, they're going to be minis. Yeah. <laughs> but we might, might run into some issues there. <laughs> Just saying, you're welcome to them. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Do you have any art that um, has shaped the way that you look at the world? Um, it could be music or a book or, you know, even a poster of Scarface, maybe I don't know if that definitely a poster life. of Scarface. Okay, um, for sure. Um, yes. I mean, I want to clarify. I don't think that a poster of Scarface is art. Okay. I just I just want to. I want to clarify. I, let everybody know that <laughs> I am not like a you know nineteen year old college kid. <laughs> maybe. You know what? But if that changed your life when you were 19, that's true. Then, like, who's to judge? Okay. 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 I'll, I'll Maybe someone. There's, there's probably someone to judge. Someone that's to fine. judge. Yeah. Um, yes. I, so it's not really like a specific, well, it's more of like, um, so there's a collection of little stories. Okay. Eh think would maybe be the right word it's called story people okay and they were very popular that's that's relative but they were very popular to me and a lot of my friends in like 2010 okay 2000 2008 through 2011 somewhere in there yeah and I, and I still love them and I think they're fantastic and what it's this guy um Brian Andreas okay and he writes an entire story but basically in like one or two sentences and they're typically a run on sentence. Oh, interesting. But, and when I say an entire story, I mean like you, from that little sentence, you capture, you, you understand a very significant part of that person's life huh. or what they're trying to say. Like, so I'll give you one of them. Um, I used to have this on a bracelet and I can't find the bracelet huh. right now, but it's um it's a piece it's called one of us and it says um oh gosh one day when the light shines like a sun through our skin they will say what have you done with your life and though there are many moments i think i'll remember in the end i will be proud to say i was one of us hmm. and so like from that you kind of get this understanding that this person was part of something really big and meaningful hmm. to them and the, even though it may have had no significance to the outside world they were like so touched by being one of that group or one of that family or one of, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and like, there's another one that's like um, talking about how all these languages have different words for the word love, but there will never be a word to describe the way you feel on my chest when you breathe. 
And it was like, it was like written, it was in the like parent category. And it was just like, and now that I'm a parent, Uh, I'm like, yes, I know this. uh, Like I understand this. And so when I started reading those, I I used to get them emailed to me every day. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, Because you could get like a story of the day sent to you. Oh, cool. And I think like from that moment forward, I kind of started viewing life in these little vignettes. Mm. And so like when I'm out and about, like I will... I will create like a story for whatever it is that I'm experiencing. Oh. And it's just like, or, or I do it when I photograph too. I'm just like, this is the vignette for this moment. And, yeah. or like, this is the story for this little moment in life. And, and I really like, I don't know, like I love the way that they're phrased. And I think that they're just really powerful and really very simple very simple none of them have big words none of them are overly flowy or elegant it's just like here's this thought that i had and it's beautiful and so i really like i mean those came out that one of us one came out in i think 2009 and shortly after one of my best friends passed away Mm. and like that just kind of encompassed our friend group Mm. in a way that like nothing had ever felt as meaningful before yeah. And so, yeah, I think those little stories just really like impacted the way that I view life and the way that I view art and the way that I like try to kind of the lens that I see life through yeah. is just in like little short snippets of moments. So interesting. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a distillation. I, I, I I'm like fascinated by this cause I'm a writer and like, yeah the economy of words is something that I'm very intrigued by and so to, to convey something so deep and meaningful in like two sentences is, is yeah. hard work. Like, you it's know, hard. that it was hours and hours of writing probably <laughs> just, right, just for right. two sentences. It is, it is truly like impressive to me. Mm. And I love, this is so silly, but he never uses proper punctuation oh, or yeah. like, and I kind of love that. Yeah, me too. That's, like, I love that this was one really long run-on sentence. Yeah. Right. I, it's still language. I think. Oh, I think, yeah. Yeah. Being It's a really intentional use of it. Yeah. 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 I. That's what I love about Cormac McCarthy is his, oh, yeah. like, his writing. You like Cormac? <laughs> well, Travis, Travis has, like, Blood Meridian, uh-huh. The Road, New oh, yeah. Country for Old Men. Yeah. They're all, like, just literally right above me right best. now. It's the best. Um, I really think you and Travis would get along. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm like such a fan because one, it's like he uses Texas idiom and like growing up in Texas, there's so many, you know, like, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a toad choker out there. It's like, it's just raining a bunch, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I love that. Um, yeah. Because we're prone to flash floods. You might choke out some toads. Uh, and it's just like such a brilliant turn of phrase and like and then the fact that he doesn't use really much punctuation it's just kind of like it is what it is and that's like a brilliant use of language in my opinion it's not technically perfect but i don't really what is yeah 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 Yeah. man that's good i um interesting so like explain to me these vignettes that you see when you're photographing like how like give me an example of a time now that you asked me that i'm I'm so sorry 
Um, no, you're fine. I remember like, and I never remember what they are after I leave, but like, yeah. I'll remember like I, when we were in, we were in Seattle and we walked past this like door that led down to a bunch of bars and restaurants, but it was like, you walk down them yeah. to get to a different level of the street. Like cheers, and I just remember like, right? I think it's like, like a, cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched Cheers, but it's, right. I'm like, I don't think I've sure. watched that since. Oh, <laughs> yes. But I remember taking a photograph there and like creating something in my head about like doorways. Mm. And because you could see like three or four as you just as you walked down these stairs. Oh, interesting. And and so it was just like this little like moment in my head about like I had kind of wandered off from everyone else in our group. And so it was just like this moment of like here I am like, like choosing a different door mm. than like everyone else. And so I just like created this, but like I said, like, I never actually remember what they were later. I just kind of remember the vague idea of things yeah. or like when I'm shooting, I mean, cause I primarily shoot families. Yeah. I have to make money. Right. <laughs> um, and I love families. I really, really love shooting families. Yeah. It's great. Um, but I'll just like, I'll meet families and kind of create like this was their day today. So this is how we're going to capture it. Mm. Um, mm. And like, I don't know these people generally. And so, but it's just like, um, like there was one a couple weeks ago where the mom was wearing this really beautiful, just like ivory dress and they have like two kids and they're, I mean, they're the most photogenic people you've ever met. It's sure. kind of, unfair <laughs> um but just like we were in their backyard and they have horses and I just like created this little thing about like um the the day that the horse went wild mm. and like in my head I pictured like this horse going like running out and like all of them chasing it so like I have this photo of them like running through the yard and yeah. like I don't know it's just oh, it was just like kind of fun to me <laughs> I like it it's a very poetic way of do, of capturing things yeah it was really I, fun yeah I like that interesting I think I'm more I'm more influenced by like I'm not gonna be I'm not someone who like reads a lot of biographies Mm -hmm. of artists or who I I don't know why I just like that's never really been or or, like really I've never had like a favorite all-time artist of of any medium yeah. that I'm like, oh, this person really resonates with my life. I'll, I'll find specific pieces that really resonate with a specific time period. Mm-hmm. But in general, I find that like words and music are how I'm more inspired. Yeah. And so like just having something that I can kind of create or thinking of a specific poem that I already know, yeah. or even if it's not like any sort of fancy poem, sure. you know, just like something that I read earlier in the day and I go, oh, this is, this is really cool. Yeah. And this is how we're going to kind of like play this out. Yeah. Um, that's kind of more my bent. And so having things like story people and sometimes there have been times that I've like literally used a story people vin- like story as my vignette for a session. Oh. Um, but I also want to kind of like play in their own life. Obviously sure. it's their photos. I don't want to just be like, I'm going to create this. This is who you are now. Has nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just sort of fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Even if it's just for a couple of photos. Right. For sure. Oh, music. You mentioned music, and that's my biggest passion. Nice. Probably. 
No, I mean, well, we'll see. But it's it's my longest passion. I, you know, yeah. ever since I was like right. 13, 14, I was completely obsessed. And so, uh, let's let's talk about music inspo. What what you got? Gosh, oh lordy, so many. So I was a music major. Um, oh, in you college. were. I, yeah, I I majored in voice. Uh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I went to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, no, <laughs> I went to OU, University of Oklahoma, uh-huh. not to be confused with Ohio. Sure. And at OU, you have to be a classical performer. Uh-huh. Um, and so, which a lot of schools do because that's it's really wise, honestly. It gives you the foundations. Sure. But I didn't want to sing classically. I wanted to sing jazz. And so I used to like get in so much trouble because I would go and sing at jazz bars on weekends. Or like on Thursday nights, I would go with this band um, and we'd go out and we'd, I was like their little singer and I, it was just so fun. But we, I mean, everyone at jazz bar is smoking. Yeah. And so I'd come back and I would have like voice lessons the next morning. And my voice teacher's like, were you around cigarettes last night? I'm like, hi, ah, I don't know. <laughs> could you hear it in my voice? Do I sound like Tom Waits? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love Tom Waits. Um, yeah. So like, but all that to say, like, I do have a really strong uh, background in classical music. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I love, um, gosh, there's like a, there's a composer named Dominic Argento. He's actually a modern composer. Okay. Um, he has like the weirdest freaking harmonies in the world. They like, don't make any sense, but he's fantastic. Huh. Um, and like, there's a piece called Bogoro Dizie. Sure. It, of course, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm <laughs> um, checking. <laughs> it's a Russian choral piece okay. by um, Rachmaninoff. Uh-huh. And like, I will listen to that and it will amp me up for the week. Like, That's it is amazing. so crazy. It's so good. So I really love choral music, but um, non-choral music. Have you ever listened to a band called Balmeray? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh. They are, you need to like, it's B-A-L-M-O-R-H-E-A. Okay. It's like there's a town in West Texas okay. that they're named after. Oh, okay. Um, but they're they're pretty much all instrumental. Very like cigarose-ish. Yeah, okay. In a way. Um, but the first time I heard them, I felt like I was flying. Like nice. the, I listened to them in concert and I just closed my eyes and I was like, I feel like I'm actually about to fly somewhere. That's good. This is amazing. And so, gosh, their music is just like, if I ever need to really ground myself, yeah. I, I feel like they're just really good at getting me in touch with my like artistic flowy side. Yeah. I don't know. But then like That's... on the complete flip other side from that, you've got like, Honestly, I ramble. I ramble so much. I'm so sorry. Nope. Um, you've got like, like the first, I think the first album that I ever listened to that made me go, oh my gosh, like there's so much more to music, but specifically jazz, was Ella Fitzgerald's Live in Berlin. Uh. She goes off on this. Oops. Okay. She goes off on this like, so one of the songs on it is... Um, how high the moon song called how high the moon super common jazz standard Uh homegirl goes off on a six minute jazz scat 
or like a scat solo. Yeah. And at the time when, when Ella, like people were already scatting, that was not something right. uncommon, but people were doing very bright and open scat where it still sound like voices or at least women were. And so it's a lot of ease, a lot of ooze. Ella like, was just like, I don't care at all. And she started actually trying to make herself sound like instruments. And so some of these scats that she does in this song, I mean, it's literally a six minute scat solo. That's crazy. But they like, she's like doing all these weird modulations with her voice. And it's so crazy to me and so out of the norm. And she just didn't care. Uh. And she's like throwing in other melodies from other songs. And like, I, I tried to teach, well, I, I taught myself how to scat when I was in college, but I listened to that song on repeat and memorized it, which is obviously not the point of scat improv. No. But like I, I memorized it to get good at like being okay with sounding weird. Yeah. Um, or like having yeah. weird sounds come from my voice. Man. And so like, man, things like that where people are just like, I really don't care yeah. what you want this to sound like. That's just... I just think that's so cool. Same with like Great Geek in the Sky by Pink Floyd. Uh -huh. Did you know, do you know that song? Uh -huh. it's, did you know that that was taken in one take and that. that the girl who recorded it didn't know she had made it on the album? <laughs> because they recorded it, she decided that was terrible. She was like, this is awful, I am the worst. And she left the studio. She was yes. like, I don't wanna do this. And they were like, that was incredible. We're going to use it. <laughs> so they used it and she had no idea, wow. but it's just like people that can do stuff like that, that they just, they make stuff up off the top of their head and it is yeah. insanity. I just I want to be that person. What kind of music, what kind of music do you do? Oh, listen to? Oh, lots, lots or, of things, obviously. But, um, because that's what everybody says. I listen to everything. I listen to everything. Um, but I, on yeah i i like i've really been going on down to, uh hip-hop trail um oh, lately nice. so like i got into most f um probably like eight nine years ago and then yeah. that was like my entry point to hip-hop which is huh. a pretty decent one um, right 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 uh and then in you know like i like chance and you know i the the wordplay the rhythm and the wordplay because i'm a drummer um and so okay. like that the yeah the yeah drummer writer so it's like the perfect combination <laughs> of course really um but i really do enjoy experimental stuff i know that you know it's not almost anybody's cup of tea um and sometimes not <laughs> mine but um there's just um there's there's one album that i really enjoy that everybody that has listened to it with me has just doesn't understand Oh, why no. i like it but it's pharmacon no. um never heard of them yeah pharmacon and she she made a i think it's the album is called beastly betrayal and so it's about the body betraying itself and so okay it's a little intense um someone walked in like I was working late um, whenever I was building guitars. And so I was like working and had it like really, really loud in the shop. And I was the only one in there and someone came in to like get something and they were like, Whoa, this is, <laughs> is, is this like demon, to? like legit sounds like demon music. It's like, mm. 
How do you think, spell this? I don't think so. Um, it's uh, F A. Uh, no, that's not F. P H A R M A K O N, I think. Pharmacon, probably something like that. But um, noise, it's a Wikipedia labels it a noise project. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, Perfect. There's, there's noise in there. The, the first song, <laughs> the, the first song on that album is her just breathing. So it's just like, like okay. different versions of breath. Mm -hmm. And then they're all laid on top of each other, like slowly laid on top of each other. So you get to this climactic point where it's just like so many different kinds of breathing, like slow and then like, you know, panting. And then, you know, it's just like, it's <laughs> so, it, it's really wonderful. I like it a lot. Interesting. But you might hate it. <laughs> I might hate it, but you know what? That's okay. I'm going to find out. I think experimental music's really fun though. Yeah, it's I good. was part of like an experimental music. I like saying random stuff for an experimental music quintet when I was in college, because nice. they would just do random stuff. They would like play trumpet into an open piano because then it would resonate off the key, like off yeah. the strings. And you're just like, okay. And then they'd have someone come and like layer a voice melody over it. Nice whatever yeah it's it's fun super we're like arvo arvo part pert i'm sure i'm pronouncing that incorrectly he's like one of the fathers of minimalist music oh, but okay. he's known for all these like weird experimental things that he does and you're just oh. like i don't understand this yeah but if that's what you want to do yeah i mean same with like um uh dave brubeck Mm -hmm. I, I really can't talk about music without talking about Dave Brubeck. That's sure. my mom is probably gonna listen to this and laugh and be like, of course you brought up Dave Brubeck. <laughs> I love him so much. Yeah. When he passed, I like legitimately cried. Uh, uh, he, but people listen to the song Take Five, which is like, everyone knows that song. It's fine. It's a good song. It's a good song. The thing with him though, is that people don't understand or they don't hear unless you're a musician and like really used to listening to rhythmic patterns in pretty much all of his songs he's flipping back and forth between like four or five time signatures throughout the song Brilliant. like he'll go from like eight five to six five to you know and you're just like i don't know what you just did there but to the to like anyone else they're just like cool song <laughs> right which is such which is such a talent to be able to do something so technically difficult yeah and make it palatable and make it palatable yeah right because like math rock will do that like do it right 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 but it's like it's always so jarring and you're like, oh geez now we're in this time signature okay i feel like i just went down a roller coaster and yeah. then up it and then down yeah. it yeah yes. yeah man that's cool i um we're, we're about to, we're, we're, we're landing the plane as pastors say, yes. uh, <laughs> I knew you'd get that one. Um, yep. <laughs> it's so overused, but, um, so the image that you produced, you, we asked everybody to accompany it with a story that mm -hmm. was about that image, mm -hmm. um, for BYOF and your story like was so interesting you what, what was it you're you were dancing away the like how, the day or something like that you phrased yes. it in a, in a really beautiful way 
can you explain to me like that's that's like a common thing that you do is is dance away the mood it's actually not all that it's not all that common but i, I mean it does happen so one of the questions that you sent me was like who's who is most inspirational outside of your yeah medium and and actually the that specific photo was also inspired by this person um and it's so it's so cheesy because it, it's a dear friend of mine named Shelby and she's a fantastic poet and yeah. wrote this like beautiful piece for Kennedy about a year ago and it's just like like her way with words is simple and fantastic and mm. she I Yan on Yan's birthday she had people write like thank you notes to friend, like people who have inspired them and helped them and like yeah I wrote and it's so true but like Shelby has been the like water that I didn't know my roots needed and so like like it was like I've been standing on dry banks for so long and suddenly this like they let the dam out and there's water coming to them Uh. she's quite a bit younger than me but she just she always like dances and so she'll post these stories on like bad days where she's just dancing and you know like and it's so like her who she is is so full of joy and life mm-hmm. that like there have been multiple days that I've had a really hard day that I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to take Shelby's approach and I'm just going to dance. Yeah. And it's always so helpful. And so I'll turn on, there's this like super, there's a band called Aradna. They're actually, they sing in Hindi. Okay. Um, but I used to listen to them all the time when I was in college. So I'll turn on like Aradna or I'll turn on, um they're actually probably the most common or I'll turn on Sufjan or me without you and just like something like depending on my mood really and just like dance and it's so fun and so that's kind of where that came from was this like I need to I need to like release these frustrations that I'm having I mean like I have a 20 month old mm-hmm. well I guess she's older than that now she's like 21 22 months Ooh, the months time. keep on going when, what when is COVID I times. know like what yeah. is time um, but she is, we'll call her pre-verbal. Um, she is sig- pretty significantly speech delayed. Um, and we're in speech therapy. And so every Wednesday we meet on zoom with a speech therapist and it's, yeah. it's draining. Like it's yeah. just really, really draining right. and adding into that. I mean, it's been almost a year of these, of these meetings Right. And adding into that, that we're in a pandemic and I can't see people and I can't take her to go see friends. And, you know, right. it's just like, you get to the end of the day and I'm just done. Like, I'm like, I don't have, and I think, I think that day she, she was just kind of overstimulated. We had gone to a, like a reopening of one of my favorite coffee shops that morning. And then I went to like, you know, she went to a park with Travis while I did a bridal appointment with one of my best friends. And like she was just all over the place and her schedule got thrown off. And so she mm. was just like a, a firecracker mm. and she's so fun. But when she gets in these modes, she can't express, she doesn't have any words. So she can't express what she's feeling in any way. Yeah. And so it just turns into like biting and screaming. And, mm. um, and so I think she had probably bit me. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, and so Travis just offered to like take her in the car and let her like, scream for a little bit he went to go get a sonic drink you know just like drive around let her chill out while I just kind of like rested or did whatever I needed to kind of 
mentally refocus. And so yeah. I just kind of started dancing and I was like, I'll take photos of this. That's so good. Yeah. It's so good. So it was, just... man, it's so hard to be in a bad mood when you're dancing. It really is. It, and I was a dancer for a long time. And so I'm not technically great at it anymore, but it's just fun. I don't even, yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah. it helps you get moving and just like forgetting other things, especially if you blast music that's yeah. just like around you and music that I, I choose specifically anytime I dance to like get rid of anxiety. I choose nostalgic music that's going mm. to bring me back to like a time where I was really happy or... Yeah a specific feeling and so yeah. like aradna for me does that a lot so does sufyan yeah um like i have a sufyan tattoo right here and you can't see it but nice um, well and also swan. you mentioned me without you it's so hard to be in a bad mood at a me without you concert too it is Dude, the best shows that i've ever been they to. are i in february i went to their show at emos uh-huh. and it because it was like one of their last shows ever yeah, yeah. and i'm so glad i did because then the pandemic hit two weeks later right <laughs> like it was insanity and like i mean i think i've gone to every me without you show that has come through whatever yeah. town i'm in we've, since we've 2008 probably like paths. probably crossed paths multiple times i've met some of my really good friends at me without you shows yeah. like it's just they're just fantastic i actually yeah. got this tattoo that day oh you can't see That's... it but it's a girl holding flowers I love she's it. they're dying kind of a it's <laughs> so okay so this arm uh-huh. i'm working on filling out like a music arm actually cool. and this one is based on a song is loosely based on a song by a guy named zach winters called will i see you with my hair down huh. um and he's talking about like how the lord knows us in our faults and our flaws and loves us anyways and at least i mean that's what i get out of the song is like this picture of like adam and eve in the garden when they're they're hiding from the lord and he's like I still know you and see you and I still love you and care about you. And so it's a, it's a girl and she's got her hair down and she's holding flowers to her and the flowers at the bottom are dying. And the ones at the top are alive Mm. because like the Lord sees us in our sin and exchanges our sin and death for, for life and beauty. Mm. And so like, I've wanted this tattoo for so long. So I got it the day of the, of the concert and I will never forget that day. That's so good. February 20th, 2020. And that's another podcast in the books. I uh, love you. I just want to get that out of the way. And then also, if you want to, you can rate and review this. This is not, you know, my love goes beyond rates and reviews and shares. So if you feel pressure to do those things, just know that I will love you no matter what you do. It's a little encouraged, but, you know, there's still love there. Just just know that. Um if you're interested about the zine, you can find that at byofzine.com or at byofzine on the Instagram. Janelle is at Janelle and Coffee, and her photography, professional photography, is Janelle Whitehead Photo. I'm at Sasquatch Mansfield. This podcast is at the Film Photography Podcast. And, uh, you know, Ross. Our brilliant, brilliant music guy wrote all of this music. He's pretty wonderful. Our wisdom this week comes from Shomi Tumatsu. Photography means releasing oneself from one type of gravity and placing oneself 
in a space where a different force is trying to move you quite deep. Until next week, guys, be well, do good work, stay disciplined.